0: Hello! Hi! And welcome to the Woo. end of 2017! You're way too loud. That's fine. We're excited. Yeah, apparently. We're excited because it's the end of
1: 2017! Hi, it's the Medium of Podcast. This is episode one of our special year-end wrap-up for the year of 2017. These are our series of podcasts that will be accompanying you during the holiday week here. Whether you have a break from school or from work or if you don't have a break at all and need something to listen to all slow week at work, We're here for all of that. So, uh, yeah, what we're going to do is a version of kind of what we did last year, if you're a long-time listener, uh, which is we're going to do an episode each per subject. For example, we're going to do movies today. We're going to do television on Tuesday. We're going to do music on Thursday Thursday. and video games on Friday. And basically, we're going to start by doing a recap of what we talked about during the year, the highlights of the year. Not literally everything, that would be way too much. And then, to cap it off, we're going to talk about our individual top five lists of our favorite things. So, today, for example, will be our favorite movies of the year. Um, and then, kind of trying to figure out how to consolidate those two lists into one Media Boat Podcast official canon list for you.
0: Yeah, so we're going to go through the entire news, or at least the highlights of the new segment, try and pick out the... New Story of the Year, which yeah. I think for movies would be pretty easy. Oh, yeah. Easily. Uh, and then, so, if you just want to get to our list, skip about a half hour into this. <laughs> uh, as that's when we'll be starting our top five lists uh, I have. And then, pairing that down to Media Boats Movie of the Year. If yeah. you were listening last year, I think we chose Moana. As our number one movie of the year. This is true.
1: All right, let's get rolling right into it. Yeah. Uh, let's not uh, uh, waste any time here. Yep. So let's so, start at the beginning of the year. So way back in
0: January, Legendary Pictures uh, founder and CEO Thomas Tull left the company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Legendary had a quite a weird 2017. It kind of had all this stuff happening at the beginning of the year and it kind of didn't have anything that mattered towards the end.
0: Right, because uh, I think we expected uh, Legendary to team up with Summit. Man, that's No, because they said went to Universal. Right. Uh, but we had a lot of CEOs leaving, actually, uh, throughout the year, including at Sony, as uh, their boss, Michael Litton also left uh, to become the chairman of Snapchat. That was a thing that happened. <laughs> right. Uh, also in February... Uh, uh, we'll just move on real quick here, here to mm-hmm. February okay um Walt Disney uh Final Pictures Blue Sky Studio with DreamWorks and Sony all animation for a multi-billion dollar settlement with animation over a two year class action lawsuit of poaching
1: <laughs> poaching
0: yes the big uh, poaching scandal from right. DreamWorks between DreamWorks and Fox's Blue Sky Studio <laughs> yeah because uh, they were just making absurd offers and look what it's
1: gotten you not a whole lot of box office revenue yeah, yeah that's kind of the, the other studio if you're not Illumination or uh, Pixar it's like I barely have even been on my radar for animated films like right. lately like they've now dominated Illumination came out of nowhere and started dominating with Minions with the Minion stuff and Sing and Secret Life of Pets last year. I
0: think, well, they started, didn't they start with uh, Ice Age? Or that, no, that's Blue Sky. No, that's Blue Blue Sky. Blue Sky's the Ice Age people. So,
1: yeah, it's like they kind of dropped, after the the Ice Age uh, franchise ended last year, Right. uh, there's not a whole lot of stuff coming out of them either. So, yeah, it's a weird, weird time for animated films. Uh, Also, we got our official cast of The Lion King. yeah. Uh, this year. All sorts of announcements, uh, kind of the, the leading up to, of course, Beyoncé. Yes. Uh, but yeah, a really, really good casting. I think we can both agree that probably the casting on this movie is like ridiculously on
0: point. Yes, uh, the casting uh, news for The Lion King slowly came out, uh, starting with uh, Donald Glover being Simba, yeah. and James Earl Jones being the voice of Mufasa. Which is her course. Uh, but yes, uh, news about the casting came out over the course of the year, which... Mm. You know, this is a 2019 movie, I think.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, it sounds I think right. It's 2019. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, and, and of course, uh, uh, John Oliver. <laughs> says it was, yes, it was a good pick. Yeah. Like they, they they made a really really solid picks, and that's one of them. Like it went from something that I wasn't necessarily looking forward to to something that's definitely on my radar now. Mm-hmm.
0: And then we get into March with the
1: first big hit of the year. Yeah. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Speaking of uh, live action remakes of, or quote, live action, I guess. Well, in this case, this was live action. Yeah. Uh, remakes of Disney classics. Uh, yeah, um, I remember uh, I, uh, we, we both enjoyed it, I guess you could say. Yeah. I had a little bit more of a caveat than you did. But do you remember the controversy surrounding it? Uh, yeah. And the
0: uh, LeFu being gay and it being banned in Singapore because of it.
1: Yeah, it was dumb. People <laughs> need to wait, uh, grow up. You know, just it was dumb. Yes, yeah, it was banned in some 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 parts of the world. Uh, that was a thing for the portrayal of uh, LeFou's character. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was really it's harmless. it's it, it they they did it fairly well, uh, maybe a little too subtle in my opinion. but hey, um, I think it's a cool thing they they tossed in there.
0: Yeah, it was in the southeast uh, corner of the world, uh, Malaysia, mm-hmm. uh, that area.
1: And also um, in in our very own country, some of the states, some of the, oh, like, yes. what was it, Georgia? I think Georgia. Georgia yeah. had a problem. Yeah. With it for a little bit, until they finally got over it. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think it was like, like several counties in Georgia were banning it. Yeah. What? I know.
1: I yeah. don't know. It seems absurd. It's some weird.
0: 2017. But it's 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyways. Anyways. Um, but yeah, that was uh, one of our uh, one of the biggest money making movies. Uh, it easily made. Uh, the top, I think it's still in the top five of the year, right? I believe
0: so, yeah. It made a billion dollars this year. Uh, I think it is the top domestic movie with yeah. half a billion dollars. Yeah,
1: so it's in about five uh, hundred something uh, domestically. Uh, I think it probably passed that, but I don't right. know. I don't know what it's at right now.
0: Right. Uh, well, because of that, Bob Iger extends his contract as mm-hmm. CEO uh, through twenty nineteen. And then later in the year, we find out it's going <laughs> to keep going till 2022. Yeah, I mean, it's partially
1: because they've had such... They've been on fire in the last couple of years, especially with all the purchases they're making, including this most recent we'll purchase. we get uh, yeah. yeah, that we'll get to later. Um, but uh, but, but um, not only that, but also because he hasn't chosen a uh, successor yet. Um, he hasn't made clear who's next in the running. Who knows? And so this is a very Eisner-esque kind of... Well, I'm CEO until something says I can't be anymore, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Until the the board kicks them out, <laughs> which, seeing as how well they're doing as company, that's not going to happen anytime soon.
0: Yeah, uh, getting away from Disney real quick, uh, Warner Brothers facing a nine hundred million dollar lawsuit. Yeah, do you remember this one? Me too. Over The Conjuring.
1: You're right. This was this was weird.
0: Yes, because in order for them to win, they have to one. Prove that ghosts are real. (laughs) 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 Wait, what? And two, (laughs) prove that uh, the Connery franchise is not based off a book
1: that someone wrote. So basically the author sued them because there was a book that they wrote that was basically about quote-unquote real events. Uh, Well, because it was about uh,
0: Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. And because they had a written contract saying that they have all media rights... To the Warren stories. Right. That
1: they could make that the movie The Conjuring about their story.
0: Right. Even though this contract was written back in, like, the 60s. Right. That should. It should still hold up as new media. And, of course, the
1: argument is is The Conjuring not, wouldn't necessarily be about from, based on the book. It could be based about the same real-life experiences. And that's, it depends on the wording of the contract that was written right. back then. But, of course, the contract wouldn't know because it was written in the 60s. Of how modern media would be would exist and how modern media copyright laws would work. So yeah, it's it's a weird case. So we'll see what happens. That yeah, we haven't heard anything about resolution for that case, have we?
0: No, I think they're actually going to court beginning of next year. Like, so yeah. they're, they're still gathering all their evidence. And so that's a problem pre-trauma. for twenty eighteen. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. What's uh, next? Oh yeah, uh, let's go to MGM real quick. As Daniel Craig. <laughs>
1: Said yeah. he will be back for James Bond. After completely saying that he wasn't going to do it, because of course. Yep.
0: Uh also MGM had agreed to pay one billion dollars for Viacom's forty nine percent stake <laughs> yeah. and Lion Gate's thirty one percent stake in Epics. Right. They've become the sole owner of the Epics channels.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know the the movie channels on your TV that are not HBO or Showtime. Yep. <laughs>
0: uh, we also got a bunch of trailers for the summer. Yeah. And first look. Um... Oh
1: yeah, you remember Monster Trucks? That was that weird Nickelodeon thing with like the tentacle monster in a truck. Yep. Yeah. Paramount posted a hundred million dollar <laughs> loss on that. <laughs> that was a, one of one of the year's bombs. Yes. It wouldn't be the last though. <laughs> uh, also,
0: Ghost in the Shell. Also reporting Speaking a, a of bombs, loss. Yeah.
1: For Paramount. Yeah, that had some uh, issues. Let's say uh, with both casting and uh, yeah uh, financial issues. Yep. That 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 it was disappointing for a lot of people. That thing.
0: Yep. Let's see here. Keep going down the list as we see what we have. Uh, the the oh, year. Bill, uh, Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen as Timon and Puba.
1: Right, yeah. Speaking of the blanking cut, casting.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. And then uh, speaking of good movies that came out this year, Logan.
1: Right, early in the year. Early in uh, the year. But definitely uh, made an impact on...
0: Yep, uh, so much so that it did eventually think. get that black and white cut. Right, yes. Uh, the chromatic the cut, uh, same a la Mad Max when that premiered uh, last year, two years ago? Yeah. Two years ago. Right. Uh, let's see here. Keep going down the list as we go to summer box office. Yo. Yep. Uh,
1: so, yeah, well, the, the summer season... Uh, as a whole I mean it wasn't that spectacular this year uh, no. you had some exp- like uh, things that were expected to be major hits kind of not quite hitting the numbers that we thought they were we had some expected franchises kind of failing to meet their previous installments and we had some uh, surprising original smaller movies that actually made quite a rift yeah um, we had that the, um, the Kumail Langiani
0: yes. love story, the big sick. I still need to see. I still have, I've been putting that off because that was probably one of the surprise movies. hits of the summer. <laughs> uh, whereas we had multiple uh, franchises return and kind of flounder at the box office. Yeah, I mean so much so that they needed worldwide to save its budget. Uh, but it was overall a pretty dismal summer. Compare that to next summer when we got, like, four yeah. returning the big hitters.
1: But then again, that's what we said going into this year, too. It's like, I feel like we're just seeing a larger trend happening. Well, no, because we knew this was going to be sequel fatigue. We were talking, like, fourth I mean, yeah. and fifth. Well, tri- to be fair, I was saying that. Yes. You were giving it the benefit of the doubt. I
0: was giving it the benefit of the doubt because they had made money in the past. Yeah. People are dumb, and they were going to see
1: it. But I ended up being 100% right. Oh, yeah. Like, every, almost every sequel to a major franchise uh, disappointed this year. Yep. Um, so, speak- uh, you want to start from the top of the, the summer releases here?
0: Oh, no, no. Speaking of disappointment, oh. the dark
1: universe. <laughs> Universal. So, yeah, well, first of all, of course, The Mummy uh, came out this year. Yes. Yeah, disappointed. That was another big box, box office bomb. Also, critical failure as oh, well. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, the, the plans for the universe that they were going to build around it, right, the universal the, the, the monster movie monster universe yeah. stuff, uh, yeah, fell through because of the, the disappointing numbers.
0: Right, uh, because, I mean, they announced it, and then The Mummy came out, yeah. instead of doing the reverse and trying to engineer a cinematic universe right off the bat, right. instead of just making a good movie to get people excited. Yeah, it didn't work. No, it didn't work on all accounts. Plus, remember the first trailer that dropped?
1: didn't have the sound attached to it <laughs> I was hoping you were going to talk about this because this is my favorite thing about The Mummy oh yeah is the trailer with only one sound channel yes. so it's like especially the, the bit where they're in the plane and everybody's rolling around and just ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's that one bit where Tonker is hanging on the side of it and like they use they both play the same scream twice yeah. so it's just ah, ah. <laughs> the trailer is amazing I think it's still on YouTube so go look it up if you haven't seen it <laughs> I
0: think it is. It's, okay. uh, it's not on the official, but I'm sure someone has it. it. Just
1: type in mummy sound like trailer or something like that. You'll yes. probably find it.
0: Anyways. Anyways, uh, also uh, during the summer, we learned that Zack Snyder would be stepping away from Justice League directing. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't be until later uh, that we realized why. Yeah,
1: Zack Snyder, weird year for that man. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, I think this is a net positive. For the for the uh, DC Comics movies, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but we'll see what effect that has on it.
0: Yeah, he stepped away because of his uh, daughter, uh, yes. who was committed suicide earlier right. in the year, and they got Joss Whedon to come in and oversee the remainder of the film. However, he did not get the director. No, um,
1: he didn't get any credit for it in right. the, on the on the film itself. Um, yeah, so then, yeah, we'll get to Justice League later. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll
0: get to Justice League later. <laughs> Um, other bits, including uh, the movie Logan Lucky coming right. out. I t- forgot that movie existed. When that movie existed. <laughs> I feel like there's a oh. lot of those. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And uh, a weird move on Sony's part in releasing, quote, clean versions right. of their films. Yes. The airplane versions, if you will. hmm the uh, TV versions. For those of you who want to watch R-rated movies with their kids, but <laughs> don't want them to hear all the cursing. So basically
1: they don't want to actually see the R-rated parts. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I remember when we talked about this, like, this is kind of weird, but I feel like there is a market for this. There is a place for it. I feel like this is very, like, Mormon church youth group. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I believe they've been doing, uh, like another like third party company has been doing this kind of thing for uh-huh. decades. Because I definitely remember some of my Mormon friends talking about it. Being like, oh yeah, there's a special blah 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 version of this movie, and I've seen that. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a neat idea. Yeah.
0: And also, uh, just to reiterate uh, the disastrous thing that happened earlier this year uh-huh. of Han Solo.
1: Yeah, yeah, this thing went through some, some stuff this yes. year. Yes,
0: directors Chris Lord and Phil Miller.
1: Wait. Phil Lord and Chris <laughs> Miller. Good job. <laughs> Leaving. Yes. Leaving they, uh, the franchise. Were, uh, due to creative differences, yes. according to the two. Uh, yeah, we were looking forward to kind of seeing how their take, uh, typically, you know, com- uh, comedy directors, uh, how that would affect um, uh, the, the, the year, as uh, the, the movie as a whole. And then, uh, then yeah, they kind of drop off from the company, and they replace him, them with none other than Safe Bet Machine, Ron Howard, Ron Howard. which we called. Yes, we totally called that. Oh uh, Yes.
0: Um, also uh, happening earlier this year, Avatar Two, announced that its 3D collection or not its 3D collection, its upcoming movies will be in 3D. Yeah. But in a new
1: glassless. 3D that like the, James Cameron is working on. This is related to that laser technology, right? Yes. Yeah, so we talked a little bit back then about, about how we were concerned about like uh, like how fast uh, theaters would adopt something so expensive. Mm-hmm. We kind of paralleled it to the 3D integration in 2009 with the original Avatar. And yeah, it was, it's an interesting thing to think about because it's kind of a costly thing. But if James Cameron, the most money-making director of all time... Yeah, they can't do it, then no one can <laughs> So we'll see how that goes. As we get closer to the avatar stuff. Although now they get Disney money, so <laughs> they could <can> do it. <laughs> you know, now that I'm looking at this, yeah.
0: uh back in July, Warner Brothers, uh and the Tolkien State settled a five year litigation oh, right. about the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings lawsuit. Yeah. In which uh, Warner Brothers breached its contract, uh, by the studio creating tangible merchandise based off of books, a la um, the gambling, oh, right. the yeah. the casinos, and like other um, digital media. I wonder if this had anything to do with them going to Amazon now.
1: <laughs> I don't know necessarily if that was the reason, but I'm sure it didn't hurt. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> and also in July, we had Dunkirk. Premiere in all IMAX screens and tear up the box office. Right, one of your favorite
1: movies of the year, I'm sure. Yes, uh, uh, Dunkirk. Uh,
0: talk about that later. Also,
1: made a lot of money. Uh, that thing was in the top five for quite a while. Yep.
0: Uh, also, uh, winner of, let's not forget, winner of the Academy Award for Best Picture. Yes. Moonlight. Yes. Director Barry Jenkins announced his next project, If Beale Street Could Talk. Right. Uh, with
1: None other than our favorite, Anna Annapurna Pictures. Right. Uh, who also produced Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so yeah, um, looking forward to seeing uh, what uh, his next project is, for sure.
0: And let's not forget that Pokemon, celebrating, celebrating its 20th anniversary. It sure did, in, in style. With a
1: movie. So that thing, I did not see it, but it did air on television. It, did, it aired on uh, Disney XD uh, yes. over the Thanksgiving break. I saw, uh, like, like bits of it on the internet, though, and man, that thing goes some places. Uh, but yeah, uh, so that thing came out. Uh, they also did some episodes of the television show, uh, of the Sun and Moon show, kind of uh, bringing back uh, to the original uh, Land of Kanto from the first season, right. and uh, I thought that was a pretty good uh, 20th uh, anniversary kind of thing, uh, where it was like, here are all the, the characters you remember, and the gags that we did in the first season kind of... It, it, it was a very nostalgic episode that I I thought they did pretty well.
0: Yes, uh, they brought back Brock and Misty, yeah. and they also introduced or reintroduced, I guess, uh, Mega Evolutions yeah. to say, "Hey,
1: these things still exist <laughs> in the world, in this universe too." Yeah, I thought that was a neat uh, a, a neat like celebration. Yeah, uh, congratulations for 20, 20 solid years of Pokemon, which I've. Uh, uh, enjoyed since it debuted, so yeah. Uh, I guess that means that it's my 20th anniversary for Pokemon as well. Yep. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah.
0: cool. Uh, DC Animated Films announced four films for the following year. Right, which you're all about. Oh yes, including The Death of Superman in a two-part series. Yeah. Uh, as well as a uh, Batman, Gotham by Gaslight, which is the Victorian-era Dark Knight. Uh, where he chases down Jack the Ripper. Right. And there will also be a Suicide Squad a uh, animated film coming off with success, I guess you could say, yeah. of Suicide Squad. So I look forward to seeing
1: these uh, probably limited release in theaters like Fathom Event Style and then yes. on uh, Blu-ray shortly after.
0: Correct. Uh, they did that uh, earlier this year mm-hmm. with uh, the Batman
1: series. Right. And for the last few years, I feel yeah. like that's the new normal for those things. It used to be direct to video. Now they can they know they can make some some money by theatrically releasing those things.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if we want to talk about this here in TV or movies, but the Defenders movie event. Uh, yeah, yeah, technically thought... it's both,
1: but yeah, we can get it over with here, so we don't have to talk about it again. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it disappointed. Uh, yeah. People were uh, saw that thing in its limited theater theatrical release and just panned it universally. Uh, making uh, what was it Hulu that like basically was going to show it at the same time that delayed it or something or whatever network that was going to be on I forget well, that's a, that's a Netflix thing Netflix sorry where it's like yeah like they delayed it yeah. because of the the reaction and put it like kind of in kind of a death slot later in the year Yep. <laughs> and nobody talked about it sure enough
0: yeah. uh, and one of my favorite things to talk about China yes and their uh, box office they delayed uh, several re- American releases right as part of their uh, Keep China, China.
1: Yeah. Uh, which was essentially like the government from the top was basically saying like we want to encourage um, uh, media companies here and producers here to uh, like promote Chinese values in the media we consume <laughs> as opposed to uh, American stuff. Right. And so yeah. The films
0: they delayed were Sp- uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, yeah, War for the Planet
1: of the Apes, and Valyrian. So essentially uh a lot of the major summer releases. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say it was Sony, but Valerian's not Sony. No, uh, it was. That was Fox, I to say. I want to say it was Fox because of Luke. Right, on, they, he usually uh, does the Fox right. stuff. Um Also, uh, was announced uh, this year that John Favreau, one of my favorite directors, mm-hmm. was chosen to become the next recipient of the. Visual Effects Society Lifetime Achievement Award,
1: and uh, yeah, for his specifically for his work on uh, uh the, the Jungle Book, right, uh, which because, won five which, awards at last year's uh, award show, right, uh, which uh, yeah, I didn't care for it too much as a movie, but yes, it definitely is is uh, compelling visually, and yeah. I think that the stuff that John Favreau and of course his effects team, I want to reiterate. He's not obviously responsible for the actual heavy lifting here. Yeah. Uh, the animators are, and they don't get enough credit. Yes. But, uh, but yes, uh, it definitely helped spearhead that movement. And so, yeah,
0: cool. Yeah. And back in August,
1: the thing that hit a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, movie Pass. Yes, Movie Pass. You yourself have enjoyed the the benefit of having a Movie Pass over um, the course of 2017.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to say
1: abused is yeah. more like it. You definitely used it to its full potential.
0: I am the person they hate. Yeah. Because I went, I remember like, I went like three days in a row mm-hmm. just to see like four different movies. Yeah. You're the one who uses like the last drop of it. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but
1: overall, though, you'd say it's a good deal. Oh, it is. Uh,
0: it's such a good deal that uh, recently
1: uh, MoviePass actually paired up with Costco. Yeah, I saw this. For an $89 a year. Yes. I checked that out, but then I actually checked out Fandor, which is the other thing you get in that deal, and there's not a whole lot
0: Oh, it. no. The, you do know, The thing is not for Fandor. The thing yeah. is for MoviePass, right. and the doctor actually got this. Right? So we'll be seeing a lot more movies together. That's awesome. Because she feels like, you know, she won't see movies because it's like $16. Yeah. But
1: at $10 a month, even if you go once a month... Yeah. For me, though... The movies I typically want to see don't come out until like November, so yeah. like I don't know whether it's a great deal for me. But yes, I'm sure it's a, it's actually a really fantastic deal if you think you go you're going to see movies year long like you do. Right, and not to be outdone,
0: AMC had said that it right. would be trying to do uh, something similar, which I saw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Century. Well, no, was that it was a Century uh, theater? Okay. But it was eight ninety nine. For where you get one pass a month mm-hmm. to see oh, a movie. to see a movie, okay, but it's one pass for the whole month, so it's, it's basically like half price. Yeah, essentially. yeah, but if you don't use it, the ticket rolls over. Okay, good. And you can see any other movie that that same month. Yeah, for for an eight ninety nine ticket instead. Okay,
1: that's cool, but at the same time, like, yeah, I don't know, if that's a better deal than a movie pass, right? So. We'll see if they try to be competitive next year.
0: Right. And in uh, sad news, uh, there was uh, several deaths on set throughout the year. And yeah. several injuries on set. Uh, the big, big one being in Vancouver on the set of Deadpool 2.
1: Right, yeah. That that It seemed like it was a bad year to be a stunt person this year for sure. Right. It's a dangerous line of work um, if, the, if, the, 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 if the set isn't prepared for you, I suppose right even if the set
0: is prepared yeah. um, things can stuff, go wrong stuff, things can still go wrong yeah um, also we have Forbes' list of the highest paid actor yeah do you remember who was number one? Oh god no of course not <laughs> <laughs> none other than uh, Marky Mark himself right Mark Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg because
1: that Transformers money y'all
0: yes specifically that Transformers money that he got paid to come back and do yeah uh, yep uh, number two was Dwayne The Rock Johnson yep Who's
1: uh, year continues uh, with uh, this week's uh, Jumanji. Yep.
0: And uh, the top female was Gal Gadot. You can say woman, you know. Oh, uh, yes. Just saying. The, the top woman <laughs> was Wonder Woman. You're not Keith Urban. No, no, no. The top woman <laughs> was Wonder Woman. Topical Duke. Yep. Uh, anyway. <laughs>
1: wow.
0: Sorry. Moving on. Back to Star Wars real quick. Yeah. Colin Trevorrow. Yes. Exit as director of episode 9.
1: Yeah, uh, so this was kind of a shake-up, uh, which is very interesting considering uh, the, now that we've seen episode 8. I can see why they would let go of, Tref- of him now. You think that maybe he was playing it a little too
0: safe? Colin Trevorrow? I want to say that that might be why. Maybe, yeah. Because you you take a look at what what he did with like Dress, uh, World. Dress World, that was a very safe, very movie. safe,
1: safe sequel,
0: which I think is what they hired him initially to do. And so then, Ryan Johnson was going to follow in J.J.
1: Abrams' stuff. But now that Kathleen Kennedy is a big fan of what Ryan Johnson did, yes. now that she, now she's probably thinking like, well, no, we want something maybe a little bit more uh, radical. Let me, let's shake things up a bit. And right, so, and because J.J.
0: Abrams and Ryan Johnson are such good friends, <laughs> I'm not. that's not an exaggeration, They're, they yeah, are really in real life good fair. friends. So we'll see. But,
1: but yeah, overall I think this is probably a good thing, um, even though I enjoyed Jurassic World as a popcorn movie. I didn't think too much about it. I was like, this is entertaining and dinosaurs are cool still, so this was fine. But man, the internet turned on that thing. I feel like the opinion about Jurassic World, like, completely reversed very quickly, and now people just, like, routinely hate that thing. Oh, yes. Uh, but yeah, so overall, because, I think
0: because now they see it for what it really is.
1: <laughs> that was fine. Anyways, but yeah, uh, overall, I hope uh, JJ uh, does a uh, good job on uh, episode 9, but we'll have to wait a year to see. Yep. Uh,
0: we have movie pass numbers. Yep. As I think jumped from 20000 to 400000 to what it's now at is just over 600000 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over the course of, what,
1: four months, roughly? So needless to say, the company's uh, gambit to drop the price so steeply actually benefited them. Yes. Uh, now,
0: whether or not they'll get any actual data out of this yeah. or um, how they'll use that data is completely separate. Yeah, well, well that remains to be seen. Yes. For sure. Uh, let's see trying to wrap up here real quick uh, getting into October there will be a Bob's Burgers movie yeah coming for a yeah. slated 2020 release yeah it's a bit far away
1: uh, the show will be in what it's like 13th season by then goes something like that but hey people are still uh, enjoying it <laughs> Bob's Burgers is great I wish I wasn't behind on it but it's just so hard to catch it was so hard to catch up on TV but we'll get to that next episode yes we'll talk about how crazy television was this year but... oh yeah
0: uh, the service Fandango buys its rival service movietickets.com. Yeah, uh, merging to complete with to compete with newcomer Adam Tickets. Right. Uh, and Disney, which was backed by Disney, Fox, and Lionsgate. Yeah. And then we get back into November here, which wasn't so long ago. No, <laughs> literally last month. Yeah, no, literally last <laughs> month with Australia. Yeah. Uh, being the home of big tentpole movies. Yeah. Uh, bringing in a total of one billion
1: dollars in last year's uh, financial. And you kind of yeah. chalked that up to being kind of like it's it's cheaper to make there. Um, kind of we likened it to the news New Zealand because yes. for a while New Zealand was like the place where like Lord of the Rings was shot and all the like the, the major like fantasy epics were going because it was cheap. Yep. But yeah, Australia's a, a, it looks like a, the next big place to shoot, which is exciting for them, I'm sure. Yep. And
0: uh, Joe Johnson. Bill no Johnston. No Johnston. Definitely
1: no relation.
0: Yes. Uh, said that his upcoming movie, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Silver Chair. Yeah. yes, that's Still making Narnia movies, one, guys. One, that's still happening. And two, that will be his final feature film.
1: Which, By the way, if you want to know how long it's been since the very first Chronicles of Narnia I think that was 2002. Ten years. 07. Up, 07. 07. release. Because... The Lazy Sunday bit from uh, The is 10 years old.
0: (laughs) The (laughs) Chronicles of Narnia. That's how I know this. Anyways.
1: Oh, dear gosh. Gosh golly.
0: Anyways. Uh, One of our favorite actors, Michael B. Jordan, will be stepping behind (laughs) the camera in his directorial debut uh, coming out next year in the form of The Stars Beneath Our Feet. Which you will star uh, <laughs> beneath his feet. Beneath his feet, maybe Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: it's he's been. yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and don't forget, he also has that movie of uh, Black Panther coming out. Right. Next month. Y- yes, that movie. That movie. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And then we get it to the end of the year here, where a lot of the independent awards come out, including big winner of uh, Jordan Peele yes. for Get Out. Get Out. And the very independent movie that I was not a fan of, but somehow people are,
1: <laughs> Call Me By Your Name. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we don't really need to probably talk too much about December. Oh, no. No, I'm <laughs> going to be December here. Yeah. Because uh, we, we already had it in it, and plus a lot of this is going to be uh, in our kind of discussion about favorite movies.
0: Right. Just the last bit about December yeah. is that uh, that Frozen short in front of Coco. Yes. Was removed. in theaters
1: and then removed. And then uh, aired on TV. Yep. <laughs> So yeah, uh, the the thing about uh, December is not a whole lot of news because of how many releases there
0: were. Right, but the big news coming out of December yeah. is, of course, that Disney twenty
1: first century Fox deal. Yeah, that's probably the biggest. I think we can safely say this right now that that is the our story of the year. Yeah, it's uh, because it's just how insane when you start thinking about the amount of intellectual property that suddenly Disney owns. I mean, you have the the TV stuff uh, from Fox, including the Simpsons, which is. You know, the longest running animated program on television, the longest running animated or sitcom, like the longest running sitcom in American history. The longest run is prime time, like you could, the scripted show right. uh, in American history. Basically, you know, if, if there's a right. category
0: for longest running, chances are it's The Simpsons, unless, it's, unless tied it's by soap operas, unless it's
1: animated program ever, because that's some Japanese show that's been running for like thirty years, right? Uh, plus. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, like, uh, but not only that, but, like, movie franchises like Avatar and Alien and...
0: Pff, Predator and Terminator.
1: Of course, the stuff that <laughs> comic book fans are excited about, which is the Fantastic Four and X-Men universes being kind of absorbed into the Disney view. Yes. So, yeah, but not only that, but, like, also kind of, you know, brought, brings up conversations about well, also... how big these media companies are becoming. And right. how scary it is that Disney is becoming this all-encompassing thing right this also means that they would get the uh episode four of star wars right the the last piece of that puzzle yes the 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 distribution rights to all of the star wars movies is finally theirs uh which is important uh yeah uh, ultimately uh we'll see kind of what the actual results of this probably next year um the fcc has yet to approve it if not Uh, next
0: year the following year when disney announces its streaming
1: service Right, exactly. Um, also, one of my coworkers brought this up that I hadn't considered before. Uh, Fox was one of the companies that had a stake in Hulu. Uh, so oh, Disney would buy stake. Disney's stake essentially expands. Yes. And that means that Disney has the majority stake in Hulu. Uh,
0: 45%, I think, is what oh, it comes up Oh, so they're, all, they're five.
1: Sorry. That means they would be 5% shy of right. the majority but because stake of the, in Hulu. But because
0: the remaining 55% is yeah. split up between uh, CW... Yeah.
1: Viacom and Universal. That makes that very strange. That means
0: that they are still the majority. They're the majority shareholder. Because yeah. before they were all at 33,
1: 30, 33. Yeah. No, so they're at 30, 30, 30, 10. Which means there's a strong possibility that when they launch that streaming service, they take Hulu down with it. Or they just transform Hulu. Well, that's what I mean. Like, Hulu basically would d- disappear as a brand. Right. Because I'm sure they wouldn't keep both. No. So, yeah, uh, of course, that's obviously far in the future. Right, uh, because The Handmaid's Tale is clearly a Disney property. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> so, same
1: yeah. with the Man of the High Castle. Oh, man, just Disney values, right? All of those yeah. things. Uh, anyways, uh, but yeah, uh, it's definitely a story that probably has not shown its cards quite yet. We'll probably see the actual results of this thing soon. But just the impact of it and what we'll do to the future of our entertainment is enough to make it kind of the craziest thing that happens.
0: See, my story
1: would have been um, the whole Weinstein thing. Yes, but I feel like that's a larger thing that happened across industry this year. Right, It's not exclusively in film. It started in film. But we saw it in politics, we saw it in television, we saw it in video games. We saw it in almost every single industry I'm aware of uh, was was affected by a large uh, uh, quotient of crappy men getting their comeuppance and it was great i'm glad it happened i mean time magazine freaking put the put the, the accusers on their couple uh, 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 cover uh, as their person of the year uh as their people of the year um and so yeah it like it's i hope that continues i hope um uh, i mean obviously uh, i don't want to dwell on this too much uh but but it, you know i'm glad that people you know told their stories but if you can't that's still okay you know i understand it's not easy for people but, being said, I just don't think it's a net positive that we're losing these men that shouldn't have had these jobs in the first place. Yeah. All right. Moving we on. on. Uh, we're going to run over. <laughs> we are, but that's okay. I knew we were. Yeah.
0: So let's get into our top five lists, then.
1: Yeah, so... Or should we
0: get into our not top fives? No.
1: <laughs> I don't think we have time for that. Well, I have time for it, then. Do you want to briefly mention stuff that sucked?
0: Oh, yes. So this is stuff that, yes, came out this year, whether you liked it or not. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start with um, Power Rangers. Oh,
1: man, yeah.
0: That movie came out this year. You actually kind of liked it. I liked it, but I enjoyed it. No one it. else did. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. Uh, it came, it had its two weeks, and right. then, like, it really left out of people's minds. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also, um, Valyrian, I think we mentioned earlier.
1: Box office bomb, lost the company a lot of money.
0: Yes. I think Luke Besson is now, like, hiding in a hole somewhere. Uh, you know what? They'll still give him
1: money. I know. I, I, I'm sure that they will. We'll be, enough people like his style and like his movies, and for some crazy reason, I don't even like The Fifth Element, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. So I know, but I know I'm in the minority there, so yeah. yes, I'm sure people will give him money to make another movie.
0: Right, real quickly, in sequels that came out, Yeah. Fate of the Furious.
1: Right, yeah, uh, which I uh, uh, did okay, but disappointed as least compared to previous past
0: releases right uh pirates of the Caribbean. dead men tell no tales yeah it did okay
1: but i think again sequel fatigue kept yep. it from being a major hit if this
0: movie was the fourth instead of the fifth it would have done well
1: yeah you said it was an improvement over the last one yes but that's because anything would have been an improvement over the last one fair enough <laughs> uh
0: also transformers five last night uh, we briefly mentioned
1: another disappointment probably due to that same fatigue uh, but internationally did pretty well yep so expect to probably uh, see yet
0: another one. Speaking of disappointments, <laughs> The Dark Tower.
1: Oh man, yeah, box office bomb, critical bomb. Yes, uh, uh, definitely. Uh, even people who uh, had affinity for uh, the series didn't seem to enjoy that thing. Uh, just w- one of those, one of those movies that's very hard to make because it's based on so much material. Yep. Um,
0: well, because it's a it starts off as an expanded universe in the books, right. and you're trying to. Launch that from and to a base
1: so much in two hours. Oh yeah!
0: Also, Pixar had two movies come out this week, this year. They sure did. First one being Cars three, which everyone has quickly forgotten, and the second one being Coco, which uh, was one of the year's best movies. I think we're talking about <laughs> later. Definitely will. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of these other movies out here that I saw, we're gonna talk about later. Yes. So let's get right into
1: the list then. All right. Do you want to start? or Do you want me to start? I'll start with okay. my sequel list. Alright, so real quick, yeah, this isn't going to be your, like, canon list, but you liked a lot of movies that weren't original. Yes. So you decided to sl- split your lists into two. Yes. And basically talk about some sequels uh, and franchise movies and reboots, and then uh, kind of give the, uh, the actual due to your, the original releases. Right, because there were a lot of good original releases. Str- ridiculously strong year for, uh, for uh, original, original concepts. Releases. Possibly because of the disappointing, uh, uh, like, how disappointed we were over the sequels.
0: Right. So, uh, let's start real quick here, then, with number five in my sequel, reboots, and remake list. Yeah. That would be number five, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Which was probably your most hyped movie. Oh, yes. This was my most hyped movie going into 2018. And this movie did not disappoint me.
1: Matthew Vaughn, fanboy number one, uh, which is your screen name, I'm sure. (laughs) That that,
0: that, that is my (laughs) AOL. If AOL didn't die this year, that would
1: have been your AOL. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's my screen name. (laughs) Uh, But yes, I'm very hyped on Matthew Vaughn. I'm very glad that he's taking over the reins of what would would be Ben Affleck's Batman. Has not been confirmed, but yes. Has not been confirmed. I think they're still in talks. Wasn't he also in talks to do Superman too? I know he's a toxic on the entire thing. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> <Just laughs> yes. Everything. It, it, did which, be all
1: the people. Which is what I
0: said. Which you're like, hey, give Matthew Vaughn everything. Which is what I said. Just give <laughs> Matthew Vaughn everything. He knows yeah. how to make a good movie and yes. compelling characters. Which brings us to Kingsman. Yes, yeah, brings us to Kingsman because uh, that brought back old characters alongside new faces. Uh, they did. I really love what Matthew Vaughn does with action sequences. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he he does a great single take camera rotating. He's got that you still know exactly what's happening. Yes,
1: um, I didn't. I wasn't as, quite as high as um, the original Kingsman uh, as you were. I, I saw it way later. Yes, and so I, I I thought it was fine. I thought it was a fine action movie. I didn't get the like this is amazing vibe out of it. Right. But that's. But, but I still thought I agree with you there. Is that he's very very good at action direction, which is very hard to do. Right. So yeah, he did a good job there. Yes. Um... I do
0: hope yeah. that this thing gets a third and mm-hmm. a proper like trilogy ending because it has been one of the better action franchises of the past decade. Yeah. Uh, number four, in a surprising move. A horror movie.
1: Okay.
0: It I loved it. A lot of people did. A lot of people loved it. It's just a big hit this year. However, I feel like it's gonna miss a lot of people's lists because of the amount of originals that came
1: out Again, and because yeah. of Get Out. We should probably have said this before, but uh, this is a tough year to pick because of just sheer volume of oh, yeah. how many great movies there were this year. So, uh, yeah, keep that in mind. We are not snubbing on purpose. We are snubbing because we had to. Oh, yes. No, yeah. I had a list. I, like, I saw almost 50 movies this year. Yeah, almost fifty per to... week.
0: Yes. <laughs> I had to snub a lot of films that came yeah. out this year. But yeah, you liked it. Uh, I liked a lot of people
1: it. did. It was, seemed like it was a very quality adaptation of that story.
0: Yes, and it really improved with the updated technology yeah.
1: and was still as scary as the
0: original 80s version.
1: And, and from what I understand, they cut something that was kind of. Uh, from the from the book that
0: maybe doesn't play in 2017. Oh no, you know because that well, it also wasn't in the original film either. Right, yeah, but for it's obvious reasons. A good call, but because this was such a success, that aspect of the film came to light. Yeah, it sure did. Let's <laughs> just put uh, it that way. But yeah, uh, it seemed like it was really well made. Yes. Speaking of well made movies, okay. uh, my third movie is. War for the Planet of the Apes. Right, which
1: you're the, literally the only person I know like at all that was talking about this thing this oh, year. Oh, yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, this or is maybe. a okay. great end <laughs> to a trilogy. <laughs> like, the internet and stuff. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This, like, War for the Planet of the Apes will completely go by everyone. But it is such a well-made movie. And yeah. there's so many, like, biblical parallels to this thing that it is fantastically done. And I, there's like very little wrong with it. The I mean, Weta upped their game in terms of um, that being the visual the effects visual studio. effects studio, like really upped their game in, in terms of um, CGI monkeys, <laughs> CGI apes. They've cornered the market in CGI apes. Yes, uh, so so that they gave Andy Serkis his own CGI ape film. Right. <laughs> yes, uh, but. Yeah, There's there's very little wrong with War of the Planet of the Apes, and I can't wait to see it again. Okay, cool. Yes. Because one of my um, criteria for making this list is, right. would I see it again? I right. feel like that's a big part of yeah, what fair. makes a good film. Would you see it
1: again? Yeah, I have a similar thing where it's like, would I buy this on Blu-ray, is basically my thing. Right. So, did I like it enough to purchase this? Right. And yeah, so it's a very similar kind of thing. Uh,
0: because of that rule, that brings us to my number two. Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, yeah. Another critical darling is here. That was visually fantastic. Mm-hmm. Give Dennis Villanueva the keys to every 80s franchise ever <laughs> and then reboot it. The reboot man. He's the reboot man. Cool. Yes, that, that thing is visually fantastic. It expands on the lore that was already there. Mm-hmm. And... Ryan Gosling
1: surprisingly pulls off a really great character. He here. can do stuff when he wants to. Oh well, yeah. To think about Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he doesn't always like have to be the pretty secretly boy. Secretly good. Yeah. Oh yeah. He doesn't always
0: have to be the pretty boy, but they always cast him as the pretty boy.
1: I feel like now that we as a society have like completely forgotten that Bradley Cooper exists. Oh yes. He's like the new Bradley Cooper. Well, because Bradley Cooper <laughs> was hiding behind a rocket raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> this year, at least. Yes. He's like he, he, he squandered all the all the uh, all the other. Uh, uh, rep he had in the last few years. Yes. But yeah, um, yeah, definitely uh, I heard a lot of good things about this thing.
0: Right. Uh, that brings me to my number one movie, which should come as no surprise yeah. on anyone's list. Yeah. Uh, especially mine, uh,
1: as I'm a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. It is Star Wars The Last Jedi. And we talked to this to death on our most recent podcast. Uh, yes. But, but yeah, it's safe to say that this was probably, of all the sequels and reboots, I I could see why you put this on the top. Yes. It was new.
0: It was refreshing. Mm -hmm. It was a good take on Star Wars. I like Ryan Johnson's uh, visual eye. There were a lot of scenes in this thing that I basically said, I want that. Yeah. I want that. (laughs) As I was watching it, I wanted it, and I wanted to see it again. So much so, I saw it again that same weekend. There you go. Uh, So, yeah. Star Wars is my number one uh, sequel reboot remake of the year. Okay.
1: Cool. Right, now we got that out of the way. Yeah, that, that's out of the way. <laughs> Matt, what's your list? Okay, so I just did one list I didn't d- d- distinguish between the two. Oh, no. Uh, because, of course, uh, they're supposed to, be, supposed to be, in my, in my view, they supposed to be your top five, absolutely. Right. Like, and it could be like a combination of all sorts of things. So I'll start at the bottom here. Uh, for my number five movie is a movie that came out earlier in the year, but uh, stuck with me throughout the year. Uh, Baby Driver. Uh, Edgar Wright's Baby Driver uh, has kind of been forgotten now that we kind of had the in award season. Yes, it's uh, still getting a lot of uh, a lot of nods for its uh, technical achievements. It's definitely a technical achievement in visuals and in the action sequences, in the soundtrack, sound editing, especially. See that uh, in your sound editing and mixing categories in the Oscars this year, and it will probably win. That's right. my bet.
0: But the big caveat here is Kevin Spacey. The caveat here
1: is, yes, that one of its major performances is by Kevin Spacey. And he, yeah, he kind of uh, ruined all the goodwill that he had uh, with some of the stuff that came out uh, about what he's done in the past. That being said, do not uh, let that turn you off of this movie. I think the rest of this movie is still excellent. The thing that it does by combining visuals and soundtrack is like no other movie you've ever seen. Oh, yes. It's essentially a uh, 90-minute music video, but it's better than even that sounds. Um, I definitely, if you are like uh, Edgar Wright's previous work, and if you like the idea of just a visual and sonic, like, thing combining in front of your eyes, definitely check this out. So on Blu-ray, go check it out if you haven't seen it. But it's just one of the most memorable things I saw this year. So it's definitely number five. Number four, uh, Star Wars. Uh, you kind of already talked about what kind of the reasons why I liked it. I like that it's a reconstruction of this thing that everybody liked. Uh, like liked, but didn't res- necessarily know what they wanted. Right. Uh, the way we put it the other day was like, it's kind of that that old saying, which is like, you don't know what you like until you see it. Yeah, and it's definitely that. It's like instead of giving the fans exactly what they were expecting, like fulfilling all those fan fantasies about where they thought these characters were gonna be, do and and and, and find themselves at. Right. All those theories out there. They completely changed it and made like it basically a a a. a an homage to what Star, the spirit of Star Wars as opposed to what Star Wars had become. Right. It's like, let's rebuild this thing and uh, make it anew for a new generation. And it finally felt like that. So yeah, um, it definitely surprised me. And I think the surprise factor is what put it on, uh, on my list at all. Mm-hmm. It was uh, not something I expected to put on here. Uh, my five overall, but definitely earned it. Right. Number three, moving into... I had a hard time ordering these top three movies. Because each of them are amazing in different ways. So, But I had to rank them. Yes. So, feel feeling
0: we're not going to have any of the same. Yeah. We're only going to have no. one crossover. We're gonna have one more. That's so gonna be our movie of the year. Number three is Get Out. So it yes. took me a
1: while to see it. Uh, we watched it long after it released. Uh, yeah, well, at least that on home demand. But man, didn't make an impact on me. Oh yeah. So I knew going in, kind of that it wasn't going to necessarily be a classic styled horror movie, but it was definitely at its core a horror movie, especially in its last thirty minutes. Uh, but leading up to those moments is this really tense commentary. On race relations in America, but not only that, just relationships, uh, like family dynamics, and you have that in the backdrop of something that becomes very clear to be a horror scenario. But the acting is amazing in this. I am terrified of Alison Williams now. Um, Just, 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 (laughs) just, just, I mean, yeah, her performances, Marnie and, and girls, already kind of made me hate her. Yes. But this makes me really, like, just be, like, scared of her. Um, but, like, what it has to say is just, like, super, super great commentary on where we're at. Still, still in 2017 with, with race and with white America just not getting it, you know? Like, and I think this movie movie really nailed that in, in kind of a, as a in a metaphorical way by, by juxtaposing it <laughs> with these horror elements. And I thought it was just done so well. Uh, and Jordan Peele, I mean... Give him again, like we're kind of the give these directors things. Yes. Well, now it's Jordan Peele. Give him the, like these movies that really let him like be comic and make commentary and be like really ratchet up tension. Like I'm not a horror movie guy, but the tension worked in this. Which is funny you say that because he has been given the keys to yes. the upcoming Twilight, Twilight Zone reboot. And I think there's no better choice right now. Oh yeah. And I think that's perfect. I think he did an amazing job and basically convinced me to give a try to a genre that I traditionally don't like.
0: Right, because I traditionally don't like horror
1: movies yeah. either, but that being said, I mean, we had It
0: on my list. Right. Ext- uh, just a
1: great year for extremely well-made uh, ones of these. But yeah, I think yes. uh, Get Out's a thing that that matters and is also super, super well-made, so it's definitely definitely earned its place. Right. Number two, uh, uh, Lady Bird. I knew that was going to come. So, uh, Greta Gerwig's, uh, direction and, uh, uh direction debut, uh, I kind of was familiar with her work already. One of my favorites of hers is, uh, her co-penned with, uh, Noah Baumbach, Francis, Francis Ha. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I knew going in kind of like that I'd like it, but man, I underestimated how much I would like this movie. Oh yeah. Um, I think it's just one of the best made, uh, coming of age films in years. You have this story about, like, about this, 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 this really unique character like, you, when you think of, it like, like, an indie coming-of-age movie, you think, oh, is this going to be about somebody who's super quirky? But Lady Bird is not necessarily quirky in the way that those characters are. She's realistically quirky, and her quirks are, like, let's, so her quirks are not so crazy that it's distracting. The dialogue is not so crazy it's distracting. It sounds real. Right,
0: it's not Juno crazy. No,
1: it's not. It's very... It, it sounds like teenagers, like yeah. actual teenagers. And the dynamic between uh, her and her mother is fantastic and not a relationship you get to see in movies a lot, which is another thing that just adds to kind of like how like well-crafted it is. But most of all, and I wrote this gushingly in my thoughts post I did for the site, com, in case you don't know... Um, it's just the attention to detail second to none mm-hmm. like you can tell that Greta loves a lot of things about her hometown of Sacramento yes. about certain things about her upbringing like going to Catholic school and being in musical theater it's just it hits those notes so specifically and that's what makes it work so well like just, just walking into a teen party in two thousand two and Justin Timberlake's Crimea River is playing yep. is one of the most perfect moments because yes, yes, that is one hundred percent what would have been playing at that story in that year. Yeah, at that party in that year. So it's all that why it's on this list. And yeah. Almost and almost was my favorite movie of the year. But But my favorite movie of the year, um I saw it twice. Uh, and I want to see it again. I own 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 it already and it's not even on the ring. Yes. Pixar's Coco. Just, I can't believe that people made this movie. It's like, it's that that kind of work. Like, Pixar, of course, has done amazing stuff in the past, but I think this ranks with their highest achievements. It's not only visually stunning, it's got some of the most, like, insane visual accomplishments with the world of the dead that they create here. Uh, But not only that, it's also the most human story that they've ever told. Which is funny, because it's about... Dead people. Right? Which is... But, but that's the thing. Is like typically in Pixar movies, it, it uses the fantasy world as kind of a metaphor for human life. But in this case, it's about humans just as much as the, the real human story is because they're dead humans and, like, and their family and it's just... So not only is it like the most human thing they've ever told, but it's also like genuinely emotionally touching to the point of tears. Like I cried both times I saw this at the end. The last 10 minutes are killer in this movie. It's just everything leads up to, like, a real, just tender ending. And not only all that, but it's also an amazing, like, piece of culture. Like, it basically shows this underrepresented culture in American pop well, in pop culture. You don't see, uh, like, loving depictions of Mexican culture anywhere. Like, it's very, very hard to come by something that's not making fun of Mexican culture. And so this thing made by people who genuinely care about that kind of thing you can tell in this movie because right. it's, it's so, just such a loving depiction of that like world and so yeah uh, I can't say enough about, about Coco it's, it's the best family movie of the year it's the best animated movie of the year it's my favorite movie of the year Like just if you haven't seen it go stop listening to this and go see Coco it's still in theaters go check that out take your kids they'll love it too Yes. Oh, and the soundtrack! I didn't even talk about the soundtrack. Um. The soundtrack's <laughs> excellent. The songs are catchy. Like, yeah, I can't say enough about Coco. It's definitely the best thing I saw. Yes. All right, that's my that's my top five. All right. Are you surprised at all? Um. <laughs> see, I, I thought you put Lady Bird as number one. I thought I was going to two, but then I
0: saw Coco. Oh yeah. Well, you saw no, it, no, I, I saw it, Coco first. Yeah. But, but, but you know what I mean. I know.
1: <laughs> it's just I couldn't, it couldn't, When I started thinking about the two and what What is gonna hold up more than the other? I was like, no, just the amount of work that went into Coco. I can't not put that as number one because so you can tell how many people like bled for that movie. Yes. Just in its in the results of that thing. There's something people don't talk about when it comes to animated films is just how big of a team you need to pull something like that off. Right. But yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Right.
0: What's your originals? Not my originals. the criteria here for here is not a
1: franchise, right? Exactly. So some sequel. of this
0: is based off books, some of this is yeah. based off of It can be material. an adaptation;
1: it just can't be a review a equal.
0: Right. That being said, uh, with the when it comes to these types of movies, it's my still same criteria is would I watch it again? Yeah. And that was the tough pick in picking number five uh-huh. because I so wanted to put Lady Bird on here. Yeah. But when it came to would I watch it again? I couldn't bring myself to watch it. What? You're crazy. Instead, I put a movie on here, which I didn't think I was going to have on here. <laughs> but I would definitely watch it again. And that is The Greatest Showman. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. I can see why this thing is getting all the critical praise for it. That soundtrack alone is amazing. Okay. It is great. It is fantastic. I want to watch this thing mm-hmm. just just for the musical acts. right? Not necessarily the story. But the musical acts itself, the way the production is put on this, the way it's all choreographed, the cameras zooming around, showing everything, those are those aspects are what makes the great show the great showman it the great the great show of why uh, it should be on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I could care less about this film, but those numbers are fantastic. You would enjoy it. Not necessarily the story. Yeah, I was going to say, you keep saying that, but I don't yes. know. Yes. <laughs> but okay. these, the, the way it's shot is amazing. Okay. Uh, number four, The Disaster Artist. Yeah. This thing caught me by surprise because it's from James Franco. <laughs> I would not put James Franco on anything. Burn, James Franco! <laughs> I would not put James Franco usually on anything. <laughs> especially my sandwich.
1: What? <laughs> but... Good to know. Delicious James Franco sandwich.
0: Delicious James Franco sandwich. No, I put Dave Franco on a sandwich. Yes. Which is funny, because he's <laughs> in this movie too. Yes, but he is so <laughs> eclipsed by James Franco's performance yeah. that it is amazing what he's able to do with this thing. Right. But it's more than that, because it's also a story about dreams and going after your dreams. Mm-hmm. And like not letting anybody get in your way of what you want to accomplish. It's fantastically done and sh- should be seen not just by people who want to be in film or like have an inkling about film but just by people in general who like have dreams and also the fact that this movie got made Yeah, it's just a weird concept that totally works in a cinematic tone but there's three movies better than that <laughs> All right. the first one being three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri a lot of recent movies on this list yes so far the last three have come out within the last two weeks I know but (laughs) the performances in this in this movie specifically yeah fantastic bar none the best acting I have seen all year okay um it's Frances McDormand I would give her the Oscar right now just Mm -hmm. hand it to her (laughs) she is fantastic as the mother of this film she is the driving force in this film I saw this movie because it fit my schedule (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and ended up enjoying
1: every aspect of it I, I want I want that to be your lead on like uh, on your thoughts post if you hadn't already wrote, wrote it like I saw this movie because it was fit to my schedule uh well because this is one of those
0: films where I can't really describe it you just have to see it for yourself yeah and those powerhouse performances are alone why it's better than the other two movies I put on here okay because they just drive the whole thing. Cool. And if you want to see great acting, just watch this film. Just every performance from Sam, from like I said, uh, from Professor Dorman to Sam Rockwell to uh, Woody Harrelson. It is top notch at their best. Yeah. But there's two movies better than that. Uh-huh. First one. Right, so coming in at number two, Dunkirk from Christopher Nolan. This thing from the opening shot is epic yeah the only way to see this thing is in IMAX
1: which is you're too late (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, you already missed out
0: yep Uh, (laughs) I saw this thing in IMAX and from the opening shot it was in your face this thing is going to be huge and it did not disappoint yeah there was a lot of uh, skepticism going into uh, this movie about can Christopher Nolan pull off a war movie a World War 2 movie you know stories that we've heard a bunch of times Mm -hmm. But this was something different, something unique. You rarely saw the actual enemy, but you always knew that they were present. And you had this feeling of war that you had not had since Saving Private Ryan. Mm -hmm. It is fantastically made. That score is done so well. The composition, uh, not only just visual composition, but also the audio composition melds so well together that this is by far the best thing Christopher Nolan has ever
1: done. Wow, that's high praise from... Uh, sorry, uh, Christopher Nolan fanboy number two. Saying <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can't be number one in both Christopher Nolan and Matthew Vaughn. No, sorry, you can't. but
0: yeah, but both of those guys are <laughs> the the best at what they're doing right now. Oh, great. Uh, and that brings us to my number one movie, which... This is going to make uh, our, our, our site one really easy, isn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> number one is Coco. Yeah, it is. Uh, surprise! Because yeah. it's another Disney movie, because it's <laughs> our number one
1: movie for the yeah. year. Yeah, but we're we're getting predictable. I saw this, but this is very brand. I saw this Does movie. Does Disney pay you? No, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish.
0: But hey, Disney. <laughs> hey,
1: Disney. We're getting
0: free publicity over here. <laughs> but I saw Coco, and I knew every problem this movie had going into it, <laughs> from the rewrite. To the yeah. changing the direction, yeah. to the delay, to the rewrites, to the recasting, to having this thing casting as Mexican only, no yeah. big names attached to this thing. So I went into into went this thing very hesitant as to this could be another good dinosaur <laughs> where no one cares, nobody nobody ends up caring about this yeah. film, but it's visually stunning. But no. But no, I was wrong on so many levels, and I'm glad I was wrong, and I was Mm -hmm. so happy that Pixar was able to pull off this film. This, just the concept of doing Day of the Dead is so monumental in itself that you can easily not do this thing right and piss off so many people because it has such a cultural impact in Mexico and around the world that. The fact that they're able to do this thing right. Mm-hmm. They're able to do this thing justice. And
1: not only that, make it an original musical number two. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the closest Pixar's have come to making a musical. Yeah. Probably the closest they will ever come. Uh, yeah, probably. Unless they just decide to go full musical and so on. Oh, yeah. Which could totally yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good uh, writers out there now, but yeah. I just, I'm tearing up right now thinking about <laughs> I saw this movie alone I cried like a little baby yeah I took my girlfriend to see it yeah say you're gonna cry like a little baby yeah and she's like
1: "Ah, yeah yeah we'll see we'll
0: see but she did but she totally did yeah and she's like why is my eyes wet (laughs) why is my hair wet (laughs) oh that's because she was bleeding on me and I was (laughs) crying on her head as we was playing like I said the last ten minutes of this film totally encapsulate everything this thing is more than just about uh, just day of the dead. It's about family. Mm-hmm. It's about legacy. Yeah. It's about the stories of passing down. It's. It's. It's about excellent. music in a way. Too. Yeah, it's about music. It's, like, it's
1: about so much, and like they, I don't know. Yeah, the way that movies. they're yeah, the way they're
0: able to put everything into yeah. this film like not enough can be said about it. Yeah. Like like this is, I think why I said when I coming out one of if not the best Pixar film out there.
1: Yeah, I mean I I have a I have a hard time saying that it's the best thing they've ever done. Right, so do I. Because they've
0: done so much good stuff. Yeah, that's
1: the thing, is the studio is just like chock full of masterpieces. And so it's very, very, very hard. But it's easily top five. Oh yes.
0: Yeah. Uh I think anyone who sees this will put this in their top five. Yeah. I've yet to be a person coming out yeah. of it who didn't enjoy it immensely. Yeah,
1: same. I don't know anybody who didn't didn't have a good time in this thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think it's easy to
0: call. that Yeah, Coco. we can
1: call that that this is yeah probably our site our site. So the media Boat podcast movie of the year is Coco. No surprise. Uh, so yeah, um, that's a that's a yeah. You're right. It's a two peat for Disney. Yep. Uh, not so yeah. far.
0: I, the I mean, I could try and make a case
1: for Star Wars, but you know, yeah. If we're gonna do site stuff, I think that that would have to be our number two.
0: Oh yeah. Oh no. I, don't, I would definitely jump that up into number two here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah.
1: Uh, overall, I think we can uh, we can start wrapping up here. Um, that, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it was a real strong mo- a year for movies, especially in original movies. Oh yes. This was this was proof. I think finally we had a year where it was proof to the studios, make original movies again because one, people will see them. Mm-hmm. Two, people will love them. And three, people are getting tired of these old franchises. That, Except for Star Wars being kind of like the <laughs> anti-lesson this year. Right. But uh, it also proved that if you're going to do a franchise movie, shake it up.
0: And that being said, uh, there's one movie we have not mentioned at all during this podcast. Wonder, Wonder Woman.
1: Wonder Woman. <laughs> Which is sad because it, I went into like, list, like, doing my list thinking that this was a surefire top five movie for me. And it was only Star Wars that unseated it. Right. It was going to be number five on my list if Star Wars didn't exist. It was <laughs> the strongest superhero movie of the year, I think, for me. Well, you've seen Guys of the Galaxy. I Blade haven't seen too. Logan, I haven't seen Guardians, and yes. I haven't seen Thor, and I, have, like, I haven't seen any other ones. Like, okay. I don't think there are any more superhero movies other than those. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't see Spider-Man, and I didn't see Justice League, and I didn't...
0: I keep going. So
1: the only superhero movie you saw was, was, the, was the best movie. one. it Turns out. So hey, maybe I just have, like like a radar for this kind of thing or something. Anyways, but yes, it, it, you're right. It would be uh, it would be uh, it would be remiss Appreciate. if we didn't mention uh, at least once that Wonder Woman's very very good. Still, it doesn't have the greatest ending, but I think it, yeah, it would, we definitely have to mention as kind of yeah. honorable mention. Yes.
0: Uh, Speaking of honorable mentions, um, I have five that I'd like to throw out there. One is Wonder Woman. Yeah. Two, The Big Sick. Right, yes. If you haven't seen The Big Sick, check it out on Amazon. It's produced by Amazon. stars Kumail Nanjiani. Great comedian. Um, It's a great story. Definitely check it out. Uh, Check it out with a loved one. It'll make them cry. (laughs) Uh, Battle of the Sexes.
1: You like this a lot. I
0: like this one a lot. It's not necessarily about the tennis... But more uh, a <laughs> Billie Jean King biopic. Uh, definitely see this thing get named around awards season. Uh, movie I loved, but it's going to get no love anywhere. <laughs> Only The Brave. Yeah. This is that firefighter movie. I was definitely <laughs> going to put this on my list until I saw all these movies coming out in December. This was easily going to be one of my top five. It's definitely in the top ten for the year. But... Definitely check out Only the Brave we should if, you also, like, if you like heartfelt movies yeah. about real people.
1: We should also mention a couple of movies we have not seen yet, either of us. Uh, the Shape of Water and The Post. Yes. We're also getting a lot of... Uh, also, The Phantom Thread. Yes. And also uh, Molly's Game. Right. Are all but, award season movies that we have not seen. But I just the, want to put that out there.
0: But the thing is that all those movies
1: are yeah. limited release right now. Right. And won't get wide release until January. So, yeah. So they're not technically twenty fifteen movies, but they are in the canon because they will be up for Oscars. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, just letting people know we have not seen those, so we're not necessarily snubbing them. We just haven't seen them. Right.
0: Um, yeah. I yeah. think that sums it up. Pretty much sums it up. I can't see any other movie that I saw this year that, that needs to be mentioned.
1: Yeah, no, I... Uh, yeah, that was pretty much... Uh, that was pretty much the whole whole, whole thing. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, let's wrap this up then. So this was uh, the film portion of our year uh, in wrap-up uh, 2017. Tune in tomorrow, that would be Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, for the television list where we'll be talking about our favorite TV shows of the year and the events of the uh in television over the course of 2017. So, tune in for that. It will be posting to our regular podcast feed, so, our regular subscribers will get that immediately on Tuesday. Also, we will have written versions of these top five lists on mediavotepodcast.com. They'll be posting on the same day as the podcasts go up. So, look forward to these films up on Monday and uh, TV on Tuesday, music on Ooh. Wednesday or Thursday, and uh. Uh, video games on Friday Wednesday we will be doing our traditional podcast so check out that for a a regular regular ass podcast on Wednesday
0: yep oh um, uh, that being said we that will not be our end of the year no. podcast we will still do regular a regular ass end of the year yes we will still do in addition to these four uh, right. specials one t- end of 2017 welcome 2018 yeah. podcast uh probably go up. Either the 31st Sunday or the 30th Saturday. So, yeah, it'll be
1: kind of like a little bonus show for you. Um, but then, yeah, so if you are new to the Media Boat uh, Podcast world, check us out. MediaBoatPodcast.com is where all our written work is. Check that out, especially for an archive of all our podcasts. You can find them there. If you want to watch us streaming live, these episodes aren't live, but our Wednesday podcast will be. Check it out on YouTube. Just search Media Boat podcast. and Join us 8 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube channel there. If you want to find us on social media, we're on Twitter at MediaBoatcast. If you want to find us on Facebook, just search Media Boat Podcast in your search field and you'll find our page. If you want to follow our podcast uh, feed and listen to these fine podcasts, you can find that and way more on our Apple Podcast feed or find us on your podcast device of choice. You can also, uh, actually, is that it? Oh, yeah, you can help us out financially if you like but on Patreon. Sure. Patreon.com slash MediaVote is where you can help us out with money. Donate as little as a dollar a month to help us make this content even better for you. And finally, if we play occasionally video games, you can check us out on Twitch.tv slash MediaVote. All right, uh, so that'll do it for movies. We'll be back tomorrow for television, so tune in. For
0: that. Yep, I think we're. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else going on for movies here. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right, so we'll right. see. Uh, see you later, guys. I don't know. Is, I don't know we have a couple minutes here. Any movie you're looking forward <laughs> to in 2018?
1: Ah, uh, no, I have no idea what's coming out next
0: year. Uh, we'll save that. We'll talk about that. We'll save for, that the for, for, the, for the end of the year. Call this. All right. We'll see call you this. Guys. One. All right. Bye. Oh, or <laughs> not bye. You can listen to the next one. Right now. Right now.